Hello and welcome to Talking Tropes. Have a nice trope. See ya next fall. That's our new slogan. Uh, twist, it's actually not our new slogan. We <laughs> have a different slogan every episode. I'm Hannah. And I'm David. Um, and and we're definitely going to be talking about a lot of twists today. Very twisty. We're talking about Black Mirror, y'all. We're not going to talk about... This is actually a twist. We're not going to talk about just one trope today. That's we're right. We're actually going to be talking about um, a lot. A whole season of a show and all of the tropes included in it. And and Black Mirror is a pretty trope-heavy show, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of it is very classic science fiction sort of tropes. Right. It's all about just like human identity and technology and how they interact. It's like the main focus of the show. Right. And I think Black Mirror especially... It's a good example because when it, it uses a lot of tropes and it, sometimes it uses them really well. Right. And I think sometimes it uses them in kind of just like a cut and paste way. Just like like they're trying to be like subversive, but like maybe let's, they're not. So yeah, successful. let's subvert everything. Let's subvert everything by just doing everything that Asimov did in the fifties <laughs> and sixties. Like you know. That's sort of the the thing. But it's really useful for right now because we don't have a lot of that, you know, science fiction, short story, speculative for sure. stuff right now. So it is serving a function. Yeah, so we just finished watching um, season, four season four of mm-hmm. Black Mirror. Um, it's been very well received. Very, very well received this season. Interestingly. Because it might not be our favorite season. Um, my personal favorite is season three. I thought that that was done really well. Um, and like I thought every pretty much every episode in that one is is, you know, good enough to stand on its own. Like it could be a movie. Oh, like I think that goes for every, you know, every episode in season three. But I don't think that really qualifies for season four. Yeah, I think my personal favorite might be season two. Yeah, I think that's season two is great. But uh, but I, I think maybe like I didn't care as much for wasn't uh, the one with the, the living sex doll. Wasn't that in season two? Right. So that one didn't do as much for me. But, uh, you know, season two still very good. And season two had the Christmas special, which was very fun. It did. British shows love their Christmas specials. They gotta have them. Um, all right, well, well, we'll probably talk a little bit about previous episodes, um, but... Yeah, just in reference to these ones, but our focus right. is definitely Series 4, we should say. Oh, series 4. Um, well, no, it's on it's Netflix British. now. I, I think they still call them series, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They fuck around. You might be right. Um, all right, well, so, David, what was your favorite episode and what was your least favorite episode this season because i think uh, I we might, have very different opinions on this i might i might make some enemies here today <laughs> but uh my favorite episode was actually metalhead which was this very minimalist episode didn't have all of the bells and whistles and like crazy twisty turny technologies that uh, a lot of the other episodes had but i thought it was just straightforward visual storytelling and my least favorite was black museum which despite having a lot of interesting ideas and concepts felt a little bit um maybe cluttered and 
the dialogue really took me out of the moment, like repeatedly. Interesting. So what what about you? What what was your favorite and least favorite? Um, wow, it's a real toss up for least favorite because <laughs> not, not a big, a big fan, fan of this season. Sorry, everybody. Um, I think my least favorite was Metalhead because I didn't understand what the stakes were and why we were supposed to care about any of these people going on this little terrible adventure. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. And then I think my favorite. I'm going to say... Didn't think of a favorite. No, uh, no, it's I'm I'm torn between Archangel and Black Museum because I think they're very different episodes and both of them, I think, have problems. But I'm trying to think which one's problems are most forgivable. They have, yeah, which one can be redeemed just by concept alone. Right. And I, I think just for... I think I'm going to go with Black Museum. So we literally have opposite yeah. <laughs> opinions on the best and worst episode. So this is interesting to talk about, yeah. for sure. Um, it's a divisive show. I think this is great, though, because like it just shows you that two people can watch the same thing and have completely different experiences. Right. So let's, let's talk about Black Museum to start. Um, okay. Because I think I just like talking about things that I hate. <laughs> That's fair. And I hate boner jokes. And I hate Jack and Jill jokes. And I hate poorly written jokes. And that's wait, Jack and Jill. Uh, there jokes? was a line where um, the 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 museum guy is like, ah, oh, so you got a you've got a, a man and a woman. The man's name is Jack, and the girl's name is. And then the uh, main character of the episode interrupts and is like. Jill and he's like no her name was Sylvia or something like that's <laughs> not a joke you just made the character assume something that no one would ever assume if someone was telling a story that they said was a real story so I don't know I just there's dialogue to me that is that is just bad um there was a there they made a butt pun and this is a joke that I'm sick of, and I think screenwriters should stop doing it. <sighs> the butt pun is when you have a scene where someone's about to say the word butt, referring to your posterior, and then they cut away. Somebody says butt with one <sighs> T. And I hate that because it's lazy writing. Well, it's a trope. It's an easy thing that you can just sort of throw in there. It's just slap. It's just It's like a slap on... You know, you don't need a butt pun. You can just tell a story that includes butts without doing the butt pun. When you say, like, I'm waiting for the butt, you don't have to be like, oh, it's a big butt. You know, like, these are unnecessary puns. I think, yes. Like, you're not correct. There was definitely some goofy dialogue in this. Like... They talked about hot peppers as a metaphor for sex i don't like it i don't i don't i don't buy the, it the villain all of his lines were incredibly corny and yeah but i but i bought it because he's supposed to be this over-the-top showman with this weird roadside attraction you know it's okay so like i guess there's a difference between buying that a character is corny and finding that entertaining the dialogue yeah because i don't go to carnivals because i hate carnies <laughs> i don't hate carnies if there's any carnies listening i'm so sorry 
We are we are Connie or Connie positive uh, on this on this podcast. I thought you know the 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 ideas of the individual stories I didn't even think were that original. They seem kind of like uh, high school to me, kind of juvenile. Well, so, so you've got go ahead. So there's um I thought that this was sort of an episode that was a little meta in like an annoying way, like. <laughs> In a way that was, like, simultaneously a little bit annoying, but also I liked. So, in the museum, there's a reference to, uh, I think it's, the director said, well, no, to every single previous Black Mirror episode. Um, <laughs> Wait, every single one? Do we have to go okay. through one by one all, all right. the episodes now? Yes. How is it a reference to Nosedive? I mean, we could... <laughs> what i'm sure there's a nosedive in there somewhere um well all right i found a whole list okay ready um so there's a hanged body or a recreation of a hanged body of princess susanna's kidnapper from the national anthem that's on display um there's also a news ticker that says callow mary's pig which is all from that first episode right um in one of the flashbacks there's a dude reading the 15 million merits graphic novel also they played the song from that in like every other (laughs) episode which like i love um but like it's weird (laughs) um the abandoned gas station is named brb correct brb colloquially stands for be right back um we see a couple of references to white bear including victoria's mugshot uh the lambda mark um, a shotgun carried by Baxter displayed on a mannequin. Um, news ticker alludes to Waldo politician. Cookies are referenced Christmas multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Um, digital consciousness transfer. That was Rollo's company. From Playtest? Well, I think that became the tech that's used in White Christmas. Right, 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 right. Nitz rents her car from Blitz. Uh, same company oh, okay, used by Lacey, okay. and, Lacey and Nosedive. There is a nosedive. Fuck. Yeah, there's a, like a lot. Um, you can find them all. <laughs> the the San Junipero, I think, is the clearest reference because they that's actually in dialogue. They reference San Junipero, and the name of the hospital is Saint Junipers, and yeah, yeah. The fifteen million merits graphic novel also just like it's right, but that. I mean, like if let's say you were just listening to that and not watching it. Oh, the the red lollipop. Like there were direct stuff to other stuff from um, that like season this season too right there was the lollipop from uss callister the tablet from archangel um the bathtub with the murder so 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 okay so it's self-referential for what purpose so i think part of it is sort of taking on critiques of i i don't want to say it succeeds at this necessarily but like i think it it's making a good effort (laughs) Um, to be self-critical? Uh, <laughs> yeah, where, like, Rolo is sort of supposed to be the the showrunner, the writer. And like, I'll buy that, that. Like, he's this sort but of... Charlie Book Charlie Brooker is a way better writer than this guy. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, but he sort of ends up as the avatar, or, like, as the um, villain Rolo does. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I liked it because, like... I'm in the mood for some revenge stories, you know? Okay, but, like, I don't know. It's a revenge story, but it it doesn't feel like 
typically in revenge stories, you you do like a punishment that's like way worse than the crime, and like that's the the exciting thing. I feel like this guy didn't even get like what he deserved. I feel like they could have done way worse shit to him. Well, revenge isn't necessarily doing worse stuff. It's it's like. It's, oh, it's got to be ironic, and this was certainly ironic. Okay, yeah. They put him inside of a of a guy's, um, guy's hologram to torture him, and then they tortured him forever in a keychain. There you go. That's your... Yeah, all right. I don't know. Now that you're saying it, honestly, I'm liking... <laughs> I'm liking Black Museum less. Okay, so let me ruin it for everybody else real quick. So here's what we've got as our plots, which I think are are very high school to me. You've got the first one is uh, actually somewhat interesting, like the the kind of S&M. It's like, what if a doctor was really into hurting people because he felt really good? But it's also like kind of a takeoff on that movie Flatliners that just got remade. Um, okay. And, like, it's also borrows from, like, a, a lot of other sources. Um, just, like, the idea of, like, inflicting pain on someone else gives you se- sexual gratification. That's not, like, super unique to this episode. Um, sure. But uh, then you've got, like, the second part, which is just... Um, it's just like, what if Toy Story was spooky, right? Like, everybody's made the connection that Toy Story is kind of fucked up, right? Everybody kind of knows that? Okay, guys, uh, Toy Story is really fucked up because... No, Toy Story is great. Because inanimate objects having human emotions is, like, one of the most horrifying things I've ever heard. And, like, this this haunted toy, the the love monkey is equally, like, really fucking horrifying. And I don't even know why they programmed it so it could only say two things, because it seems like it would be really easy to just put more buttons in there. Yeah. Which would be a million times less horrifying. Like, I feel like you've done the hard part of getting, like, a whole human personality Like, you can explain anything away by saying, like, our technology just wasn't there yet. But, like, yes, it was. Don't you fucking lie to me. Like, I just wasn't sure, especially in that second one, I really wasn't sure what he was getting out of this. Mm-hmm. Like, with the first one, I get it. They're trying to do, like, medical technology is huge, so anything that can help, like, diagnose patients, and then it goes terribly wrong, so fine. Right. But then, like, this guy was like, oh, we'll try this thing. Oh, it's not really working. I know, let's try this other thing. Oh, it's not really working. I know, let's try this other thing. Like, it seemed like he cared too much almost in the <laughs> second one. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, it is... It was, like, the love of his life for a time. Oh, no, but... not... Not, um... I just keep wanting to call oh, him Hardison because he Rolo. played that character. Yeah, like, Rolo cared too much. Like, Rolo was way too patient with these people. He'd have been like... Oh, fucking sucks. Deal with your wife in your head forever. You know? like. Well, isn't, like, the idea that he's, like, kind of breaking bad, that he's, like, you know, he's, he's, he starts out with the best of intentions, but over time he, like, gets jaded. But I don't think he ever has the best of in- intentions. Okay. He's clearly the guy who's... A corporate bastard. Yeah. All right. He's that corporate bastard, like, trope. Like, which is fine. I think that character's interesting often. Like... I like seeing them get their comeuppance, which I was sure was going right. to happen. Of course. Some way or another. 
because um, you don't end up working in that shitty roadside attraction after you were no. like a CEO. Um, okay, and then <laughs> the nothing. third plot, which I think is also kind of high school, is like, what if the Tupac hologram was like a real guy? Like, anybody can do like, 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 it's like commenting on like current events. What's a current event? There was a Tupac hologram like five years ago. Like, let me say this. This is where I think this is a really good example of why Black Mirror is both really excellent at what it does with tropes and really awful because okay. this is a perfect example of like all of the tropes that it uses are pretty basic. Like nothing's right. that revolutionary. Like no one's ever thought of this before, but like the, what they do with it in the episode is usually really good and it puts some interesting twist on it that we haven't thought of before or that makes us question why is this thing a trope or why do we act but this is way is that present in black museum or is it literally just hey look at all of these tropes we got a million we got a whole museum full of tropes exactly. that you've I, seen before i think i'd agree with you that <laughs> black museum sort of fails there it's not doing anything particularly interesting with these tropes because i think the hologram like <laughs> I, i'm just thinking off the top of my head you know like they do so much with um i've lost someone how can i hold on to them and i think those are really right. interesting episodes because loss is such a human condition sure. and like how we might use technology to deal with that loss we might we might make a sex robot that can get boners on command. We might um... see. You keep making fun of this episode, but I actually love that it's episode. Not the, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a terrible episode, but I just I find that really funny <laughs> that you have a a sex robot. Right. Um. And I and I think this this episode tries to do that at least with two of the stories. Um. Mm-hmm. It sort of deals with what do we do when we lose someone. Um. Yeah. But, like, I think it's a weird failure of an idea in the second one with the father who's... There's a nice young family, a mom, a dad, and a kid. The mom goes into yep. a coma, and Rolo, our main character, comes along and is like, Hey, what if we could put her in your head? And he's like, Oh my god, amazing! And then, of course, it's not amazing! Because, like, duh. Like, sorry. Some part of me feels like Black Museum was an amalgamation of, like, stories that they're like, what if we did this? But then couldn't come up with, like, a whole... (laughs) Yeah, like, they could only come up with 15 minutes of them. So they're like, well, if we throw three of them together with a, like, subplot anchoring it, there we go. Well, I think it's worth comparing it to White Christmas, which I think we both really enjoy, oh, right? Yeah, I love White Christmas. Because I think those episodes, like those um, stories, are more character driven, like by John Hamm, and they connect better. They connect in a thematic way beyond just they're all sort of medical things that I did because I was a dude in medical stuff. They're not just like this is what would it would be like if a person was a computer if i was a computer i'd be sad because i'm not a person anymore all right all like right. that's yeah we know um well and then like also uh, say like it's weird because this one also has to do with the loss but it's like not anything that the show hasn't right. said before i guess 
I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like the We've show entered season four. You love season. You love yeah. season three. I think season three is good. Fine. I think there are some really strong episodes. I think there are some less strong right, episodes. But like, there's um, like some of them are, are derivative of older episodes, but some of them are original, and I like the original ones the most. I like Nosedive. <sighs> I like Men Against Fire. I like. I kind of like hated in the nation, even though there's some stupid bees. But like, you know, <laughs> I like I like the ones that are kind of different. And everything in season four just kind of feels like the same, except Metalhead, which I like. All right, well, let's talk about Metalhead then, because I hated this one. Maybe you'll change my mind on maybe this one it, too. May, maybe you'll change my mind into that. It's really dumb. <laughs> so basically, Metalhead, very trope heavy, uses pretty much every trope for suspense that has ever been used. They use the the car won't start. They use running out of batteries. They use I'm stuck in a tree, but the, the whatever's chasing me can't climb trees. All of this has been done before. Track the blood. Track get the rid blood. of the tracking device. Yeah, cutting out a tracking like... device is a classic suspense trope because it's something that's inherently painful and it's kind of body horror, but it's also like there's a time limit because th that thing's tracking you. It's after you. Uh, so like... I just like visual storytelling that doesn't require too much dialogue. I like suspense and I like stories about being hunted by like an unstoppable force. You know, this is the predator. This is like, um, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Um, the, the, Oh God, I keep forgetting the name. What is it? <laughs> the, of which, of which the, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie that, that won the Oscar, the, um, the Revenant. Oh, right. So that's, you know, bleeding and crawling across a, a, an open wilderness. This is something <laughs> that I like to watch. And if it's not something that you like to watch, then I guess we're going to have a fundamental disagreement. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not against that. Like, I'm not against survival narratives. I'm not against, like... Right. Like, tracking... Or, like, having to run away from a thing that's tracking you. Like, like those can all be really interesting. Mm -hmm. But they're not interesting to me in and of themselves. In and of themselves. Gotcha. And this story starts in media res, where these With people... With some Tarantino dialogue. Oh, it's just some bad dialogue. Like, if we're going to talk about bad Is dialogue... Is it bad dialogue? Yeah, it was bad. It was like... This is this one's in black and white, and we're in like a dystopian future, and okay. we're three dudes I'll riding a, in a car. We can talk about black and white. Black and white is a trope that came about after color, obviously, <sighs> before then. It had to be. Um, everything was in black and white, but black and white is, I think, a totally valid artistic choice that can be done without too much explanation. That being said, I think that this one's totally justified. Okay, but like, why? So. So not only is this a fucking dystopia different from all the other dystopias that we've seen, it's a dystopia that is not heavily populated by humans. That makes it different. We want to establish that immediately. Black and white helps that. I, I initially thought that this was like a nuclear apocalypse until I saw like the dogs. But like well, that's... the black and white immediately tipped me off that this is different than the other episodes. Yes. The black and white also is thematically significant because the robot can only see in black and white. Sure, but then wouldn't it make more sense and more contrast between the scenes where we see from the dog's point of view and the human point of view if the humans could see in color? 
Well, I think the point is that it's a dog-dominated world. But like, like why? the dogs have the dominant vision of the world because they're yeah. everywhere. There's more but of them like, than humans, why? and they're the ones controlling. Wait, what do you no, mean but why? Just like, why, but like, what? why? What? How? How do we get here? Why are we here? Well, this isn't the point. I think that's something that's. This is a minimalist episode, and I I like that because it doesn't have to stipulate on all the stuff that we don't like to see stipulated on. You know, I like I like but episodes even, that begin and movies that begin in media res. I like you know? that too. I don't need someone to tell but me. But then I want it to find out while I'm watching why any of this matters, and this doesn't. It just assumes that yes, this matters. And, like, we're not going to really... Like, I couldn't tell you a single person's name from this episode. I couldn't tell you... I can't tell you a single person's name from any episode. So this isn't a great... Okay, fair. But, like... <laughs> They're all just the main characters in their individual story. Like, I d there was nothing that was like, yeah, I should care about this person. It's like, okay, she's on a mission to get something to ease someone's pain who's sick. Fine. But, like, it better be fucking... But is the... Is the is that the important thing in any story? Like this is my this is my whole thing is that stories are really great at f fooling us into thinking about like what we're supposed to care about. They trick us because we're not actually supposed to care about what she's trying to get. It's completely unimportant. The point is just that she's living in a world where going to get anything is a risk. But we don't know that going to get anything like, we assume that it's going to get something important. Right, and the point is that it's unimportant that, that any resource in this world is scarce because everything is being guarded by these security drones or whatever. All right, so let's let's cut to the chase, which was the biggest letdown okay. of the whole thing. There's a twist. Which is the end. There's a twist. The twist it's is... It's a dumb twist. You think they're trying to get, like, medicine or something right. for some dying person. You can't tell if they're... I forget if they were old or young. I they're forgot definitely the the young, if they were old or young. Yeah. Um, young, dying I think dying in the beginning child. I thought they were old. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> basically, we find out that the thing that they were trying to get was not, in fact, medicine, but it was a teddy bear. Like, fucking gag me. Well, Three people died for a teddy they bear? They went to get Put a teddy bear. Put your goddamn jacket up. They went to get a... Draw some eyes on it. It's a teddy when bear. I went, like, went, they went to get sorry. a teddy bear, but there was a throwaway line, which was, there will also be stuff like batteries here. This was a, a type of run that they probably go on all the time. They just chose this specific warehouse because it would also have a toy... For a dying child. Alright. This is all explained in universe, Hannah. This is all okay. I can... I, I, I'll grant you that the twist is pointless. But I don't think that to it's... To me, it felt... Story ruining. I felt like it really ruined the story. Because three people died to get a teddy bear. To get supplies, Hannah. They, they were getting just, other stuff. But they didn't get the other stuff. They, they didn't get any stuff. They didn't get the teddy bear just, either. Ugh. It was pointless. That was the. It's about the hopelessness of a world taken over by robots, yeah, and you don't like, even get to learn why the robots are there because that's not the point. I guess I don't know. The point is that we've been replaced evolutionarily by these robot killing machines. How do they yeah. charge themselves? How do they solar like, power? Oh, that's, that's explained true. They in solar the solar power. That's true. In the story, in they're the like story. they're like perfect killing machines. 
that's it's a it's about evolution it's about it's about pr- the humans becoming prey to a hunting animal i think i maybe i don't oh, am love I gonna, it am i gonna turn you on this one? Oh shit i wasn't expecting this <laughs> like I, not all of a sudden like well, but it's not po- it's not as pointless it's not as pointless yeah, as you once thought it is thematically significant yeah. it's not a total pointless endeavor I, I will grant you that like the stakes are very personal in this one it also has the bad trope of bl- black dude dies first Oh, absolutely. I will, yeah, I will shit on this one forever for that. Like, it's it would have been so easy to not do that, too. Why, yeah. why does he die first? There are he three dies dudes. from getting tracking devices shoved into his brain. Like, yeah, that's pretty gross. This, um, is, this is, you, you could have avoided this. Like, metal okay, I, I'll say this. My favorite part of the, um, of the episode was when she finds the house yeah. and goes inside and has that temporary reprieve and then like because it's really tense it's tension is caused by points of calm in a sea of danger right i will say up until that point but it was only because i'd been with that character for that long and i felt like okay i have kind of a reason to care about you i've invested this much time already i kind of care but like it wasn't i don't know it it wasn't it, 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 it wasn't like a huge story about like someone trying to achieve something great and then being and then failing it was about somebody just trying to survive and that's sometimes not big enough stakes but i think that the 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 trick is to try and convince you that the stakes are high um for for other stories all stories are really just about life and death sure i just for me i think I just think the stakes weren't high enough for me. Like, it was just about, like, which is, like, you know, like, sure, you died, but what does that mean for anyone else? Like, it just means you die. Like, people die all the time. It doesn't mean anything. I think, like, a better ending might have been that, like, there was a secondary tracking device, and she actually does make it home, and then the dogs track them to, like, Right, that like, base. that to me is more, it's all for naught than, like, well, this was dumb, and I'll just kill myself now. Right. It was, like, when, when they, when, I, I, okay, I will grant you this uh, very, very much, which is, you should never start your life and death um, movie or TV show off with someone saying that it's a suicide mission. Yeah. <laughs> because then the stakes are immediately gone. You're absolutely right. Because if someone is totally willing to die and they're just kind of like, well, I should at least put in the effort not to, you're not really yeah. going to care about them. Okay. No. I, I think I understand your perspective a lot better now. So that is a trope that I will, that I will attack, which is we're on a suicide mission. Now everyone be really worried about whether I personally live or die. Silly. <sighs> Very silly. Yeah. Also, like, it just did, I don't know, like, so much death over a goddamn teddy bear. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I thought there was also a couple of tropes that bothered me about it. All um, right. Paint, paint being a huge weakness for these robots, that seems very silly. Um, right, everyone like, should just have no paint way. guns. Like, what the hell? Yeah, get that's some, so true. Get some paint. Get some mother effing paint up in here. Um, <laughs> There's gotta be paint around. Yeah, like, don't go for the teddy bear. Go for, go to Lowe's. Go to Home Depot. <laughs> That's where we should be. 
Get and then you paint. can get the goddamn teddy bear. Then you can get a teddy bear. Do whatever you want after you've painted the world. First you go first you go to Lowe's and get the paint. Then you go to the piano store and buy a bunch of pianos. Then you drop all the pianos on the blinded dogs. Oh, oh man, you know what? It, it would have been cool if... Because I love splashes of color in black and white movies. Oh. Uh, it would have been great if the paint was colored. Like red or something. Or like I mean, maybe the blood was the red. Nose. Or, I don't know, like... But like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just like, sure, this the episode black was and very white... on the nose. You're right. Yeah. Like, you're just like... This, this, like, this episode being in black and white, like, sorry to go back to this, but just, like, I just don't know that it's justified and that, like, well, it sets it apart as different from all the other ones. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but, like... It's also black and white because dogs <sighs> in real life see in black and white. I know, but that's just, I don't... It's also it's in black and white... Dumb and bad, and I... Because it kind of harkens back to classic silent cinema but it's also i mean i guess it was quiet for a lot of it but like it wasn't silent like if they had gone for if they had made this episode silent like wow that would have been a much cooler episode that i would have been why is that the benchmark for being experimental i think this was plenty experimental No, no 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 it's not experimental like i mean or not silent i guess but like without having people talk um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, let's go back to the dialogue. Why, why was the dialogue so dumb again for this one? It was. It just felt very cliche. Like, I could have guessed all... Like, because we only had, what, five, ten minutes with the three of them together, and then after that it's just the woman by herself, so they had to squeeze all of the characterization into three lines. And so, of course, you're just going to get, like either poor characterization or really cliche characterization. I think it was just like, wasn't it just like, oh man, uh, it was something about pigs. The apocalypse sure sucks. Like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the like, apocalypse does suck. I feel like I'd be talking about that all the time if we were in the apocalypse. I'd be like, man, I really miss, I really miss bacon. I really miss. Right, but they don't talk about like, oh, I really miss bacon. Like, they're just like, poof. This is a suicide mission. God, the apocalypse sure is hard. This is gonna be tough. Let's get in and out. All right, go team. Like, I don't know. It was just, bleh. I wasn't into yeah. it. That's all right, all. I, I feel you. I feel you on this one. Uh, still, still, I still think it's my favorite for the season though, because this season was pretty weak. That's that's fine. Um, let's talk about Archangel because I think this is. Maybe my new favorite. Um, yeah, Archangel was was solid. Archangel is, I think, you know, you can't really criticize it too much. My big thing with Archangel is that typically these episodes are about how technology makes things really different than today. Whereas I feel like with Archangel, it makes things pretty much the same in that there's still terrible parents and children who rebel. Like I would disagree with you. Okay. I think Black Mirror's thesis is that technology is different. Humans are the same. Um, Always. I don't know. I would buy that for other science fiction, but not for this because so much of of uh, Black Mirror, like it all, it's obviously that humans are the same, but that the technology itself changes our relationship with our own humanity. Whereas Archangel, it doesn't change our relationships with each other at all. Really? Well, I think it does a lot. Not from today. Like, maybe from 50 years ago, but, like... 
I mean, today, it certainly takes helicopter parenting to, like, a whole new level. Um, does it, though? I mean, like, yeah, like, you can tell where your kids are now. You can right. track them. Like, you can't always you can't see, see through, through their, their eyes. eyes. But is that like, really used to the... This is my problem with the episode, is that I don't feel like it used its, its mechanic to its full extent. And that, to me, is, like, the cardinal sin of science fiction. Is like if you don't use your crazy cool idea for everything that it could possibly be used for, like you know why isn't she like downloading it and showing her the? I mean I guess because she, she's hiding it, but like she could be like reporting people to the police with footage from her child. They could be using this filter thing to block out every like like everything even like later in her life. You know I just feel like it was a well, waste. Well, but I think. I don't see, I don't know, because I think it, because I think it dealt with it really well. And I think from moment one, we know that this mother is a nervous mother. Right. Um, and that, she, and I think Jodie Foster does like a great, or not, um, yeah, yep. yeah. This episode directed by Jodie Foster, um, I, I think it was pretty well directed for sure. There is a lot of interesting stuff, especially in that final climax um, where like she's beating her mother to death and we are kind of seeing it, you know, blurred out and, and through her eyes, but also through the eyes on the machine, like all of that's really interesting visually. But I just think like the writing, it's like, this is, this is a, a story that could happen anytime. This could happen in the 1920s. Like parents can always be invas invading their children's privacy and children are always going to rebel and do drugs and date older boys. And, you know, like, this is all... I mean, that's fine. But, like, like I, I don't think it needs to take place in some different world and different land. Like, maybe I'm alone in this, but I really like the season... God, what season is it? What's the episode? Um. Oh, it's uh, Shut Up and Dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the blackmail episode or like the pig fucking episode like season one you know the first episode like so like these episodes these episodes i love as well but that's because their premise isn't built on a lofty science fiction you know what we call in terms of like when we're talking about hard science fiction versus soft science fiction we call the the if there's one scientific discovery that changes the world we call that the big lie so you know the big lie can be like okay we've discovered interdimensional travel or in this case we've discovered how to put brain implants that can record human sight and can alter your perception sure um so that's like a big lie to tell and then to not really do that much with whereas everything in shut up and dance and the pig fucker, um, uh, what is it called? Anthem, uh, yeah. the national anthem, like these don't require any like suspension of disbelief for us to see them as like real events. Really? I mean, it requires a little bit of suspension of disbelief just that like someone would go through the trouble, but like, otherwise these are technologically available things. <sighs> Same thing with like the Waldo moment. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is the Waldo moment technologically available i guess yeah we, we can make yeah. puppets we can make animated puppets like these are very yeah, basic things fair. well i mean 
okay, I sort of see what you mean in saying maybe it didn't go far enough. But, like, I think it within the premise of it and within the course of the episode, it does a good job explaining that, where Absolutely. it's like this was a trial thing that was discontinued, not a lot of people, like, still have them sort of thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, it's weird to me that it requires a specific device to use. Like, it could just be an app. Like... Like, she could have this on her, like, work computer and, right. you know, be just constantly living, like, her life vicariously through her child. Like, you could really do an exaggeration of what parents actually do True. in real life. Whereas I feel like this is just, like, a really sad story about a helicopter parent, like, that just could have happened tomorrow. You know, it could happen yesterday. Like, it could, it could be anything. It doesn't need the science fiction element. Like, what if they just did it like Shut Up and Dance? And it was literally just like, she turns on parental controls on her children's media and then, you know, turns on uh, a tracking feature on their phone. Like, nothing would change plot-wise. And it would still make just as much sense. Like, yeah, kids rebel and kids even run away from home. Especially when... They really like cocaine. Okay. I don't think this is about liking cocaine, though. Um, I don't know. She seemed to really enjoy that cocaine and the sex. They seemed really good. <laughs> Are you, uh... <laughs> In favor of cocaine, cocaine and sex? sex? Well, I, I haven't tried uh, cocaine, so... <laughs> but sex is pretty good. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all about finding a balance between cocaine and, sex, and sex. That's what I always say. You gotta <laughs> balance cocaine and sex. That old chestnut. Um, <laughs> all right. So it's a good episode. I just uh, it's it's not my favorite. I'd say it's probably my second favorite of the season. Yeah. Putting aside, I think those qualms with it. Yeah. It's, it's a really strong episode. Character I believed focused. Everything. I yes. cared about everything. There were mm -hmm. stakes. Very like, much so. Very much stakes. Stakes were had. Tension, yeah, delicious, juicy steaks <laughs> with cocaine. Um, steaks and cocaine. You gotta find a balance between <laughs> steaks and cocaine. Steaks and cocaine. Um, welcome to Talking Trumps. We love cocaine. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about Crocodile, the the silliest episode of the season? Yeah, this one was. This was dumb. This was like. <laughs> it was the hamster the whole time. Okay, but it was just like. Really? Like, you're going to commit a lot of murders to cover, like... So, this is to, to reference um, TV tropes, where we, which we use for a lot of our research. Thank you, yeah. our, our Lord and God TV tropes. Um, <laughs> but th this might have been kind of like a reference, maybe? Or, or at least it is an unintentional trope that is very similar to when in, like, classic crime novels and old crime TV shows... Sometimes you would have, like, a parrot that, like, repeats words spoken by the murderer, and that's how they get them. That's how they get the murderer, is with the parrot. You forgot about the parrot. <laughs> so maybe that's what they were going for with the, the hamster, reading the hamster's mind. Hamster minds are very, uh, very good at, at remembering clues. That's uh, crucial. You gotta remember those hamster clues. Um, no. It was, like... But even beyond that, it was like, I don't know. I just didn't buy her, like, killing all of these people. Like, Well, we don't really know anything about her other than that she really didn't want to kill right. that first person. And 
throw away their body. So when the only thing we know about you is that you're successful and you assisted someone in a murder, like, I guess, I guess it's somewhat believable that you'd murder a bunch of other people, but like, we don't know you. So sure. Like, I guess technically any person could murder any number of people. But that's a classic trope too, right? Like somebody kills someone accidentally and then they have to murder someone to cover that up and then they have to murder someone else to cover up that murder and then murder and murder and murder and murder. This, these are tropes. There's nothing new done here other than... There's a, the great trope name for that one. What uh, is it? According to TV tropes is crime after crime. Crime after crime. After crime. When you kill and you kill and you kill again. Yep. Crime after crime. Do we have to pay royalties on that? Uh, as long as you don't do it again, we'll okay. get a cease and desist. I'll, I'll just give them some of that cocaine. Yeah, that cocaine. My good. Um, um. So yeah, I don't know. It was just like I liked how evil she kind of was. Like that was fun. It was kind of entertaining. People, people have also pointed out just how like the. The dramatic irony is just like turned up to nine billion because they kill the baby, but the baby was blind. Blind. And the blind the baby. And also, if they hadn't killed the baby, then the hamster wouldn't have seen her. And so. Oh, you fool! Oh. You well, the hamster still would have seen her like leave, right? So, like leaving the scene of a crime yeah. with two dead, with a dead body in it. But like, also, like. There are so many ways that she could have potentially staged it to be an accident or to just, like, make the girl's body and car disappear. And like, like, yeah, this could have been an episode about the unreliability of eyewitness testimony. Yeah, which was, like, super interesting. And that our memories are really, that our memories are, like, really bad, actually, at remembering things. Like, I would have thought it would be it would be a more interesting episode if she had successfully been able to alter her memory and like and like fool her somehow yeah and how what would that process be like and and does it affect other things about you it's another one of those missed opportunity episodes and instead of her just murdering three more people oops a whole family oops i murdered three more people not again um she ends up like having to be the key witness and like getting all of this like being involved and you have the corroborating thing but you gotta you gotta only think about certain memories right but then she's wrong but then she gets caught like on the stand or something like i think that would have been i mean that's pretty basic but like Seems better than murdering three people. And, like, really the whole episode is just about, like, living in a surveillance state created by, like, social media. But it's not! Like, because, like, I don't well, know. The, 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 like, key, like, oh, no, this is what's fucked up about this episode, I think, is that, like, when the woman who does the, the corroboration is like, I'll just lie, I won't tell anybody. And then she's like, yeah, but the thing would make you testify against me. You know, like the idea of forced testimony by law is a form I of guess. like surveillance state. Right. It's like it's sure. like, um, you know, in America, we have the, the Fifth Amendment, which is that you cannot um, uh, implicate well, yourself. That's to right. Well, that's exactly yourself. what happens in this episode yeah. is that um 
is that she's forced to like reveal her memories and implicate herself. But this also takes place in the UK, even though it's clearly shot in Iceland. Like weird. Um, like I was very, I oh, like Iceland whatever. too, but I was I like very Iceland. confused during this whole episode because I'm like, is this supposed to be in like Iceland or no? I think it's maybe supposed it is to Iceland. Be the UK. Is it Iceland? I like, don't know. What? But, like, maybe they're just, like, speaking English because it's an English show, you know? I really don't know. I was confused by a lot of it. Maybe, let's just pretend they're in Iceland and that this is Iceland law. Iceland law. (laughs) Everyone has to testify against themselves. Cool, great, I love it. Why is it called Crocodile? Why is it called Crocodile? Because they couldn't think of a good title, is the answer. Like, am I just dumb? Is it that, like, crocodiles don't cover up their crimes? Like... Yes, they do. Crocodiles are infamous for covering up their crimes. They're the perfect master criminal. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, if you hold a crocodile's mouth closed, it's easy, but it's hard to, like, keep it open. Oh, I'll buy that. Yeah. See, see, the great thing about a shitty title is that you can make up any number of reasons why it's called that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've heard theories that, like, okay crocodiles they cry crocodile tears and she pretends to be sad sometimes yeah this this season i think was not great for names um they were fine what's wrong with the names besides crocodile well i mean hang the dj archangel it's about being like a guardian angel but it's also but no it's like literally what the thing is called uss callister it's literally what the thing is called like, Black Museum, it's literally what the thing is called. Metalhead, I guess they're just, like, these metal dog heads, but, like, also... Metalhead is probably a, not a great title, but it at least makes sense, and, uh... Honestly, I was expecting more metal, like, rock music in that episode. Okay. And I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't have that. I think that's an unfounded cr- criticism for Metalhead. I don't think that's it fair. really did anything to imply metal. Um, but, but I mean, you know, like naming your thing after the thing in the thing, like there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't think, I think if you name, if you title your episode after the technology, then you don't have to reveal anything extra about the themes of the episode, you know, like hated in the nation. If they had just called that bees, it would have been very I'm different. I'm just saying this. There are some really good short story titles in episodes one through, f- like, four. And then, like, even season three, I think there's some really strong Nosedive, titles. I think, is great. Hated in the Nation is, like, great. Men like, Against Fire. I like that. Yeah. I, like, even Shut Up and Dance, I kind of really like. But you don't like San Junipero? Because that's the name of like, the place? Like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But, like... Which is why I ask why specifically pick out the titles for this season. Well, because I think, like, they're not... Like, they're all San Junipero. You know? Like, there isn't a Hated in the Nation or a, like, Waldo moment or, like... Hang the DJ. I think Hang hang the DJ DJ. is maybe the closest. Let's talk about Hang hang the the DJ. DJ. I liked this one. I thought the ending was kind of dumb. What if Black Mirror... What if Black Mirror did a rom-com? It would be a little something. Yeah, they did a and rom-com. And I don't dislike rom-coms. But they did San, San Junipero was a better You're right. Rom-com. You're absolutely right. This is just San Junipero, but the twist is that they were never real and real life was just Tinder. Yeah. Here's the thing that 
I think this is a good episode to talk about this with, is that I think with the exception of the first episode, I found the ending of all of these really disappointing. (laughs) I found the ending in the first one disappointing, too. That's true. I found it disappointing (laughs) in, like... A different way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all. I think they're all disappointing in different ways. Let's go through the endings and how they're terrible sure. one by one. USS Callister. Um, the ending doesn't really make any sense with the science, and it's just kind of like an unrealistic happy ending yeah. to me. And they, it, it's an ending that means that they don't have to answer any questions. Yeah. Um, because they kind of wrap it all up in a nice little bow. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, it's Archangel. Too happy. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying it was too happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Archangel, I think, is just kind of a cliche ending, maybe. Like, the the kid runs away. Like, okay. Yeah, like, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Not the, Definitely one of the better endings in the show, uh, in, in this season, at least. Um, Crocodile has the stupid fucking hamster. Hang the DJ. Turns out real life was Tinder. Um... Metalhead, they were looking for a teddy bear. And Black Museum, I was the daughter of the Tupac hologram. And also my mom's in my head, question mark, even though that Even though was that should be illegal. Idea. And now she has to watch her having sex or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just such a bad, bad idea. I don't like it's it. It's bad. These are, these are bad endings. Yeah. What happened to the good endings? What happened to troll face ending? <sighs> But honestly, that's why I watched fucking Black Mirror. What happened to you? You were in a snow globe the whole time. Ending. Yeah. Like, what happened I want to, to... I want to watch this and then feel bad about humanity. And I feel like they're like, no, what if we made people, like, happy? And, <laughs> yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with people being happy. But that's not what this show is about. Like, it hasn't <laughs> been about that for three... Like, they did one episode about that. So With some Andrew people Harrow. have theorized that perhaps the recent trend towards happy endings and escapism has a lot to do with our current political climate. But maybe? that's why I think we need Black Mirror more than ever is to be like, look, I would this agree. is how this all ends in tragedy. Because we have a lot of fun escapist media out there. And Absolutely. Like... And I want the I want to be reminded that the world is just on the brink of destruction. Exactly. We're right there. Like do one where like like, make Metalhead, sure, it's a cool dystopia about being chased by shit. Great. Make it because of, like, global warming that happens in two years. Like. <laughs> I don't know if you could, I don't know if it'd be reasonable to say, all right, guys, global warming's happening. Let's build robot dogs that kill people. So maybe it's not robot dogs that are chasing her. But, like, like you said, you know. like <laughs> then, then it's not the same episode, Hannah. Like, <laughs> now you're writing a completely different episode about global should, warming. Maybe it should be a different episode about global warming. I'm just saying. <laughs> Didn't like Metalhead. Um, okay, but I think Metalhead, I think, I would guess that they were either, like, security robots that were just a little overzealous, that were programmed wrong, or they were, like, a, like an enemy soldier that was, like, they're, like, drone strikes. But exactly! We don't know why these dogs, <laughs> like, do anything. Like, I just... It's not the... It's not the point, right? But it is the point. Like, why do I care about any of this? Like... It's about evolution, man. But it's, like, not... The evolution of what? Of nothing. Because we're... Because we're designing our replacements, Hannah. But it wasn't really we're, about that. No. Guys, we're, 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 we're designing our replacements. 
That's what Terminator was about. That's what this is about. It's a classic trope. All right, hang the DJ. Hang the, hang the a DJ. A dude and a girl. A dude and a girl meet. It's great. They have a meet. They've got cute. the benevolent AI, which is like the system and like their personal pocket version of that. They call Coach. Now, I've already seen some things that show that Tinder is uh, is is a a fascist state that we're living in in tinder world i've already seen that i've already seen that i think i saw it in like an episode of portlandia or something um like i think comedy and black mirror overlap in a lot of ways because it's commenting on like our current world oh for sure and i've seen kind of like all right tinder and like speed dating these things are inherently kind of fascist because they're trying to like digitize and mo- and monetize the act of falling in love and they require someone to monitor you and make sure that you're matching up with a high enough percentage so i think like the idea of making tinder fascist it, while it's not new i think it's done differently here sure cuz i mean the whole point is to rebel against it for, in order for it to work which I think right. is which an is, interesting Which twist. does kind of make sense. Yeah. Like, if you're willing to 1984 and run off into the woods with your lady love, you know, then probably maybe it'll work out. Because you can stand up to any amount of oppression, maybe. At least that's the theme that they're trying to push. I don't know if that's true, but at least it's an interesting theme. Right. But maybe it just resolves a little bit too happy considering that their whole life was a lie. Like, that's, I think, the issue. Is that it ends on such a happy note when literally, like, this could just end in, like, a one-night stand. Exactly. Like... (laughs) I think, think, like, having your whole existence be to create a match on on Match.com, this is... An inherently disturbing thought, but it's not played disturbing. It's played very happy. Though, like, I will say, I was kind of like, how the fuck does this system work? These people just, like, hang out at this place all the time. <laughs> like, it's like, wow, these are some really rich, privileged people. Like, I was kind of like, what is outside the wall? Or, like... Yeah, the wall is also a classic trope. You know, they they actually don't show the wall, I don't think, until they start climbing it. No, they show it a couple of times, but it's mostly in the background, and it's not, like, it's not shown as, like, the oppressive wall. Right, which is, that's what I'm used to, I guess, so I, I thought that was at least different, that, like, the wall is kind of a self-imposed wall. It's not really a wall. But, yeah, climbing over the wall is an inherently, you know, rebellious act, it's visually interesting to watch somewhat. Um, I think the guy was looking up the girl's skirt the whole time, so that's fun. Um, I don't know. You know, this. I think the, the real interesting thing about this episode as compared to other Black Mirror episodes is that they reveal the twist about halfway through in a throwaway line. Do they? Yeah. The guy is just like, hey, what if we're in a simulation? And the girl's like... Pfft. Like that, whatever happened. <laughs> and then in the end, they're in a they simulation. Are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, that's the thing is like, it seems like if you create a sim- simulation like this, anyone would be able to figure it out because they'd be like, hey, I can't remember ever living outside of this community or ever entering it. That's weird. 
Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you question that? I would question that. Like, I can remember when I moved into my current apartment. Can't you? Or are you in a simulation? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, the whole point is, though, they're in a simulation. Like... <laughs> But, like, anybody could figure that out. If the simulation doesn't, like, want you to figure that out. Um, I, I, I think it'd be interesting to explore. Would you be willing to basically make a copy of yourself to bang a bunch of random people that they tell you to so that you have better matches in real life? Or is it just that they don't see them as real people? But I don't think, like, I don't think the people using the app know that that's what's going on right. inside of it. Like, at least that's how I They don't understand. Um, right. Okay. It's Fair the enough. idea that, no, this is what, like, OkCupid's okay, doing when it says you're a 35% match with someone. Like Definitely a lot of tropes in this one that we, you know, mentioned already that there's the wall, there's the happy ending... There's the fact that it's, like, this super suburban place that's kind of, like, creepy and fascist. Um, and, then, and then there's just the idea of, like, you know, the one true love, happily ever after story. Um, so this is very trope-heavy as well. I don't, think, I don't think you can really find an episode that isn't, like, particularly trope-heavy, even for, yeah. like, a TV show or an anthology show. Um... Yeah, I, I I guess yeah. What else? What else do you want to talk about with Black Mirror? Because we've touched on every episode. Well, we haven't really talked about Callister yet. Oh right, I guess we just mentioned it briefly. Yeah, um, which is maybe the tropiest because it's basically just Star Trek. It's Star Trek, everybody. They, just, they did a Star Trek episode. Guys, did you know that Star Trek was a little bit sexist? I and forgot because I uh, for nerdy people who don't know how to talk to other people. Oh, uh, I forgot that I forgot that Star Trek was a little sexist and that they wore short short skirts. I forgot. Good thing that this show reminded me. <laughs> okay, I just like fine. I get it. I just don't. Let's let's use your words, Hannah. Let's let's get some words. I know some words are hard. All right, USS Callister is a reductive. Yeah, that's a word. reductive is for it's, sure a um, word that maybe definitely applies to it. I don't know. It just really uses that like poor lonely nerd is secretly evil trope. Well, I think it was more so about wish fulfillment for straight. Straight white males playing video games. For sure. People who play their video games, they want a power fantasy, you know? Oh, for sure. People who run companies also have issues with power and sex. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of layers, thematic layers to this episode, which yeah. I can appreciate. Yeah. It's just that, I like... I think they did, like, an okay job with it. Yeah. It's just that, like, the story itself is kind of, like... It's, it's pretty straightforward for Black Mirror. It's like, I wanted some twists. I wanted some turns. I wanted some reveals. This was pretty straightforward. This was very blockbustery, And not just because it was Star Trek. There's a big dramatic climax where they're all trying to get from point A to point B. There's, you know, like, a, you know, a plan. Everyone's got the plan. We got to work on the plan. There's characters with snappy dialogue. It's very blockbustery. Um, but I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I won't even, you know, 
I won't even like say that I didn't like it. It's just, it's, it's, it's not black mirror to me, even though it has a lot of those black mirror, like things like humanity in digital form is horrifying, Right. but it just didn't feel black mirror. Right. It wasn't like, I think because, um, I think something I was reading brought this up where like, it just kind of doesn't make sense that like, I don't know, like you, I guess it's Black Mirror, so it's like, fine, there's this technology, you can scan someone's DNA, and it's, there's like a it's fully magic, thinking, Anna. I know. You've got magic, but yeah, I absolutely agree with you, you've got, you've got this DNA, but for some reason he has to keep the physical objects of the DNA, and not just like store the DNA on a flash drive or something. Yeah, like, like a backup digitized copy, which like would have made a thousand times more sense. Which maybe he had, we don't honestly know but we'll never have to answer that question because for some reason if you die in the game you die in real life but only because it was like disconnecting from like like if you have a bad wi-fi signal do you just die exactly it was like Like, what is this world this would never happen there would be safety regulations like maybe you could argue it's because he's using like an illegal system that doesn't have safeguards or something but like man this is this 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 game would never be made. It's it's illegal. You can't kill people in the game and they die in real life. This isn't Sword Art Online. <laughs> Which like let's not even talk about that. Um, yeah, maybe 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 for another episode. Yeah. Oof. God. Oof. So many. Oof. Maybe we should. <laughs> so many fun tropes. Um, let us know Wait. if you think we should rip apart probably let's your favorite anime. Um, or. If they're watching this show, it's possible it's their least favorite anime. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> We're, we tend to be pretty negative. <laughs> but, you know, or Sword Art Online 2. I think that one had lightsabers, so... Um, but yeah, so lots of themes in, in USS Callister, but pretty straightforward stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they do all the fun Star Trek, like, tropes. The battle and the con go to, guy. Go to warp, whatever. And... Yeah. He's the villain, but he he always escapes Ah, just at the last second. Uh, The girl tries to seduce the guy to get him to take off his clothes so she can steal his keys or his wallet or his communicator that physically communicates with the outside. What? Like, why couldn't he just program it so that he can just talk and the only people that hear it outside are hearing him, not the other AIs? I don't know. Technology. You, you make up the rules as you go. But that's what this seemed like. Like, usually I feel like there's some thematic, at least, consistency to the technology in other episodes. Um, and there's, there's, like, some sort of internal sense of how this works. And I felt like that was lacking a lot in USS Callister, but also in a lot of other things. Um, I don't know. I think... I think Archangel was explained pretty well. Like, Archangel was fine. Crocodile was explained, it, except for that, like, the limitations of it were kind of weird. Right. Um, and Hang the DJ, I think, was completely explained. It makes sense. I get, But, like, does it make sense? It's like, that's a lot of shit for your phone to be doing. <laughs> Like, but you know, like let's say this they don't say how far in the future it is. That's if true. phones are supercomputers and Here's they the have surpassed human intelligence, like yeah. They don't say how far in the future it is, but also they like look like regular people. Everyone everything just looked like it took place in the nineties. 
Like maybe it takes place in the nineties. Maybe uh, maybe the nineties were way more advanced than we thought. Like Archangel, I was like, so is this taking place in the nineties? Like, well, you know, fashion is cyclical. Yeah, but like for sure, it didn't take place in twenty seventeen. Well, yeah, it takes place in the future, you dingus. Um, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> the the. As far as the setting, like, I don't think you can ever really guess where fashion is going to go. If they, if you could, then you'd always be fashion forward. Um. No, that's so true. And, like, it is a really hard thing to ask, and it's easier for them to do when yeah. they do stuff like 15 million uh, merits, where it's yeah, like, everyone just wears sweatpants in the future. Those are the best sci-fi right. clothes. Um, I think, you know, the best sci-fi clothes of all time are from the movie Her. Because it's so bizarre, but it also feels really familiar. You remember the movie, Her? Um, I didn't watch it because I disagreed with its premise. <laughs> that's fine. We could talk about that. I, sure. That's probably pretty related to this stuff. I mean, it's a very similar premise to a lot of stuff that we have here. Sex robots and all that. Um, but it, Her, what it got, what I think it did really interestingly was the fashion sense. Which I think is less contentious maybe than the plot but um the the fashion was mustaches collared shirts without collars and high-waisted pants corduroys without belts and i thought that was very inventive and it was fun to see chris pratt with a mustache (laughs) so you know say what you will about her but i think the fashion sense was key it was key, and they don't really have that in Black Mirror because they're just trying to make it, you know, 20 years in the future, 10 years in the future, 100 years in the future. It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous, and a lot of times I think it is, it's supposed to sort of be, especially I think for my favorite episodes, it's like this is sort of contemporary to now, Um, but we, what if we just had this technology or what if you got black we're living in the future we are living in the future and that's what i like about black mirror and i think this episode or not this episode this season it's less about me it's a little bit it's a little bit less now it's a little bit more escapist yeah which uh, i wasn't a fan of personally black museum is about five years ago because it's about toy story 3 <laughs> and the tupac hologram is that better No, that's about now <laughs> the, the, people are still using the Tupac hologram. Falsely incarcerated shit and stuff. Oh, is that what on. it was really about, though? I thought it was just about the Tupac kind of. hologram. I thought it was about holograms performing music. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. You got it. You got it. No, I really did think that. I didn't think that it was about like, like falsely accused people. Was it about that? I mean, the dude was. Like, it was a black revenge fantasy a little bit. Like, they were trying to do Get Out without doing Get Out. I honestly thought it was going to be more like Get Out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, it was black revenge fantasy. All right, yeah. There was a lot of Get Out-y stuff in that, too. Like, they put... They put people's brains in heads, and they're sitting in chairs. They're sitting in chairs and heads. Yes, chairs and heads. But, like... They literally put a white lady in a black dude's head. I'm just saying. Guys, we love black. We, we love Get Out. We love Get Out. We just don't think that it needs to be done again. Worse. 
<laughs> yeah, it can be done again. It just doesn't need to be done worse. Yeah, like, and it's, it's really going to be hard to do it better. So maybe don't do it again. That's all. <laughs> or at least just let Jordan Peele do it. He, he seems to have... Yeah, just let him do it again in 10 years from yeah. now. Like, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so that's Black Mirror. That's Black Mirror. Um, you know, tell us what you think about Black Mirror. I, I, we all know it's a divisive show. We all know that you can have an infinite number of opinions about any number of episodes, but the one thing you can't disagree on is that it's chock full of tropes. So many. Tell us what your favorite sci-fi tropes are. Um, you can tweet at us at Talking Tropes. Um, you can... Visit our Patreon at yes. something. We'll put a link. Um, that would be great. So many links. <laughs> Um, but you know, like just, uh, just let us know what you want from us. What do you, what do you want from us? <laughs> what do you want us yeah. to do? You scoundrel. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell us what you want. You filthy animals. Um, <laughs> well, we'll see you guys. Yeah. I'll hear you guys. Well, you'll hear us in two weeks. The, f the future is bright, in, Hannah. In two weeks. The future is bright. So many weeks. All right. Bye. Bye.